So, I don't really know you at all. <laughs> we met briefly for about right now? three and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, we're going. Okay, cool. We're going. <laughs> we met briefly for about three and a half minutes at Noble Creature in line for the bathroom. And we have already established that neither of us really remember how this conversation happened. But in... I remember vividly searching for a pic to give you my business card yeah. um, with my band's name on it. Uh-huh. And that's all I remember. Yeah. So I am very much the type of person, if somebody hands me like a CD or a flyer or something, any sort of in-person engagement, yeah. I really like romanticize the tradition of that, that I will listen. I will engage because on top of romanticizing that tradition, I also just appreciate people that do something and really give a fuck about it enough to let other people know the hustle, the grind. And then I checked that out and I was like, oh, wow, this person that I met randomly drunk in line for a bathroom is in a really, really good rock band that I had never heard of. And now I'm very aware. So everybody, please make some noise for my new friend, Jackie of the Vindies. I will insert some applause for you. <laughs> Don't you. worry. So, Jackie, thank you for making the trip here. Yeah, absolutely. From Ohio. From Ohio. From, from Youngstown, Ohio. From Youngstown, Ohio. So that that is where you are. Is that where the band is operating out of? Yes. So um, we have a nine-piece band. Um, and everyone's about, you know, five, ten minutes from each other. So it's really nice to get everyone to practice and rehearsals. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's just, um, you know, that being from that home base of Youngstown, um, we really like it because it's in proximity to so many major cities. Um, you know, whether you go to Chicago or New York or Nashville or Toronto, um, we frequent um, those areas much more so. Um, and where we are, we're, a half a day's trip away from any major city. So we like the proximity. Totally. One of the things that really um, just impressed me from the jump when I like looked up your band was it seemed like everything is very well put together. You got some nice photos and a working website and it seems like you're doing a lot of things and you're playing a lot of cool shows, good music, good sounding stuff, a lot of all of that like back end stuff, but also you're writing good songs. So how do you as a band find the time to make all of that happen? Because I feel like it's very rare for everybody to have like all of the pieces kind of working. I have no clue. <laughs> I, wait, are you, are you, can you swear on this? Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, I have no fucking clue. And uh, it's, um, I, I've been fortunate enough to have people in my band that, it really has become like family. And also, you know, we've delegated parts and pieces of, okay, someone's going to take care of merch. Someone's going to take care of emails. Someone's going to take care of social media. Someone's going to take care of buying whatever, having new ideas. Mm -hmm. Someone's doing writing. Someone's, you know, um, doing stuff like this. So it's like, I'm so grateful to have a bunch of music teachers just teachers in general in my band as well. Um, they're all like classically trained people and um, uh, they have a, a mindset of being organized. So I have 
great people around me because I can't do it all myself. <laughs> sure. It's really, really hard to do everything yourself. And I think a lot of times where bands fuck up is that they don't understand like how to delegate. Like they may have this grand idea of what they want, but it kind of gets put on the shoulders of maybe one or two people and there's only so much time in a day. So everything kind of gets rushed and you end up having like a lot of like half-assed stuff. And I also think simultaneously a big part of being in a band or anything creative in terms of being successful is like you have to actually give a fuck about doing it. And it's very obvious to me now I can like see clearly I could see a band for 30 seconds and I'm like, they give a fuck or they don't give a fuck. And it's very obvious that your band gives a fuck and that's great. Good job. Yeah. It given a fuck <laughs> in life. So yeah. you personally outside of the Vindies, um, what is like your background in bands or working with people? Did you have like a past of like being in other bands that maybe weren't as, uh, Organized? Um, yeah. So um, let me see. I mean, I have been, so I learned guitar when I was about 13. I got a set of stuff together that I liked and I can't even remember what stuff was in that set. Um, my dad is a food rep for like many of the uh, restaurants and businesses in the Youngstown area. So my dad, you know, asked, you know, owners of bars and restaurants that he knew like his buddies and said, Hey, my daughter has, you know, a PA and like, would you want her to come in for an hour and do like a, for the dinner crowd or whatever? So, um, yeah, it would be me or me and, um, a, you know, a buddy of mine that would play constantly. And that's how I bought my first car when I was 16. I was like making good money, like in my head. Sure. <laughs> and, um, when I wanted to go to school, um, I wanted it to be for not performance-based, um, like vocal performance. I wanted it to be for writing. So I enrolled at Dana School of Music at, at YSU, and uh, um, I hated it. So I dropped out that first semester, and I it was like, okay, what do I do now? And I found this music production school, not full sale, um, <laughs> <laughs> in Florida. Um, music production, uh, like it's called Mike Curb College Music, which is, they have that at the Belmont in Nashville, but he loves NASCAR, Mike Curb, and uh, he just wanted a school down there. So it was music production that I went to school for. Okay. Um, when I came back to Youngstown, after I graduated from that, I found... Um, this band downtown uh, it, I, that was playing cover songs. I was like, that singer's got to go. That drummer and that guitarist, that bassist are freaking awesome. And I just asked if, you know, if they ever needed a fill in, I filled in once. And I think the other girl never came back. So <laughs> I, I don't know if she like has a hate out for me to this day or not, but I just wanted to play, man. I was, I, I hadn't played, you know, I was in school, you know, trying to do the thing. So we started playing covers and slowly slipped the, you know, original here or there. Okay. So is this like the band that became, what is the Vindies then? Yes. Okay. So this is the point. This was in 2012, um, 2013. In 2014, um, 
we had at this point was, it was 2014 and we were going, going, going. And when I say going, 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 I'm saying we did the three, four hour shows um, two to three times a week for an entire summer. Um, and at this point we had been doing our original music. We created this EP that we produced ourselves called uh, Red Wanting, Red Wanting Blue. No, um, Red Wine. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking about all kinds of local bands um, recently. Um, Red Wine in 2014. And um, it was picked up by the Summit in Akron, which is a AAA radio station. And from there, it, we just had legs. So everything that we've done thus far has been grassroots, honestly, as much as, you know, we've tried to like um, find labels that might, you know, be a fit or managing or this or that, licensing, publishing. It, it, it really has been more of a grassroots thing for us. And, um, and actually looking back at what we've done, um, I, I'm really proud of us thus far. So I'm, I'm just thrilled that we're able to have enough money to take people on the road and get hotel rooms and go and take flights out to West coast this year, um, and do the thing. And yeah. yes. And my favorite thing to do is to talk about my band because if you're not, who's, I mean, you can't rely on other people. I mean, sure. I just, you know, you never know who's in the room. I didn't know you were a podcaster. I didn't know that you might like my band. So it's just, it's, it's special that, you know, now we're having this conversation mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. I remember, you know, one time I used to be very hesitant about telling people that I make music and Same. I do all this stuff. Same. And uh, I had a, a, a record that I put out um, and it was pressed on vinyl and somebody had bought one. So I had it packed up and I had it in my hand and I went into a coffee shop. And if you're somebody that buys records, you know what a record looks like when it's packed up. And this, it's always the same kind of packaging. And the dude that was making my coffee was like, you got a record there. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, what is it? Like, what'd you get? And I was like, oh, actually I'm shipping out a record to somebody. Like they bought my record. They're like, you're like, they bought a record. Like, it's like my record. They're like, oh, like you, you have a band. And I was like, yeah, they're like, Next time you're in here, bring one. I want one. So then, you know, I brought them down a record. This area, like Northeast Ohio, um, Pennsylvania, I, it there is something about the Midwest that they just love to be entertained and love music and they want to support you. Um, I've seen it with, you know, people like, you know, Donnie Iris, who is a Pittsburgh legend. Yeah. They just... Like they want to, you know, support and back a LeBron James and a Michael Stanley in Cleveland. Um, they look at the Foo Fighters like they're their own, you know, the Black Keys even from this area, the Pretenders and, you know, it goes on. But it's really the best people in the country have come from the Midwest. And I'm just so happy to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Now with your time spent doing music production in school and things like that. I imagine that probably changed the way that you thought about writing music and approaching the business as a whole. What was like maybe 
one of the most valuable things you got out of that experience that you were able to like use with the success that the Vindies has had to this point, or maybe just you as a human being in general? I, I Obviously, I think that the vocabulary that you use in the studio when someone's engineering and you can, the most important thing and the thing sometimes I even lack to this day is um, trying to get your point across about how you want something to sound. Sure. This sounds too bright. This sounds too, um, it sounds hollow. It sounds this, the tone here. I don't like that. You know, what can we do? Can we pull the mic back? Can we add a room mic? Um, Those kind of things, um, which, you know, some people might not know those things. The vocabulary that you use in the studio or in a live setting um, really helps you and helps each other, you know, figure out, you know, get to a, a, a better level, especially in songwriting and set in production. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's definitely the most important thing that I think I've, I've gotten from it. And, th- and I, and that's exactly what I wanted out of it. And I, I got that. Yeah. Now with the, the band and, you know, you mentioned that you're doing some West coast shows this year and you mentioned that you're playing around a whole bunch. It seems like from the start um, you were, very much like let's play as much as we can and get different opportunities. And that probably came from, I imagine your background when you were younger and playing shows in the different restaurants and understanding that those opportunities are there. And obviously, you know, you're in a rock band that could be pretty accessible. So you're able to kind of slide into some places where maybe other genres of music couldn't. But with that being said, do you think there's something that like maybe like a punk rock band or like a heavy metal band could do to be more accessible, even if there aren't like the opportunities for them to like play in as many different places. Actually, I've been thinking about that lately because, um, for example, in the Cleveland market, our Cleveland market is, um, you know, for years we had been trying to play. I mean, we 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 would play at the Beachland Ballroom. Do you know that yeah. venue? Uh-huh. Love that. Cindy Barber, the owner, she's just a doll. I, I love that venue so much. And it's so, so cool. But it has that, um, you know, punk rock, you know, element. And uh, my band playing in the tavern just every single time and not growing a fan base. Um, we also have limitations. You know, I, I know that. So we, we can't just walk into a punk rock club sure and like get the same kind of attention that a a rock band would as soon as we started playing um other places in cleveland um specifically right now like we have a we do a residency now like sell out two to three nights at the music box which is i think next to nautica um music box has been amazing to us and we keep growing there and there's limitations for any band. Um, if you're a singer songwriter, if you're like a duo, if you're, you know, a wedding band, you know, so I, it's definitely, I I don't know what it would take because I've seen rock bands come out of that scene too and do the festival circuit really well and really they go hard. And, um, so it's definitely possible for them to get out of those those um those bars but i think that there's a little bit of um like a give and take you know just like 
trying to like, I, we played so much, you know, that's, that's the thing. We played every weird thing I could have. I mean, we played in a terminal at the Spirit Airlines, like <laughs> inaugural flight from Austin, Texas. Okay, cool. Okay. I've played Weird. in the back. I know. I've played in the back of an El Camino. I the other day I played in a movie theater like setting, like lounge chair thing. I don't know. I just I just know that you can't keep playing the same things um and expect to grow. Sure. Um in this, you know, in a in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. So we we take I'm I'm like bucket listing what I want to do next. I want to where where are we going to play and now it's like I have this like these speaker systems. I'm like we should they're chargeable now. Like the PA systems. Yeah. So you can go for 4 to 6 hours. I'm like let's go busking. Let's just go. <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah. Um it's always fun to just do a different thing. Mm -hmm. I think it really with uh, your punk rocks and your heavy metal types, uh, a lot of those people, I guess in general with rock music, you get a lot of uh, like introverted type people that never really grow out of it. So I think that these like music scenes that are kind of like really uh, insular and stuck between like maybe a couple clubs in a city, like, like, you know, this is what we play. I mean, I think it really goes into that. Well, I'm afraid of making new fans or I don't want to be rejected going other places. There's like an, an interestingly extroverted quality that you need to get to a certain level. Yeah. But like, there's also that like introverted nature that creates some of the best art. So like the yin and yang between those things can be really hard to balance as an artist. If you're trying to grow, if you want to, some people don't want to, and that's fine. I, mean, I, I just, I've, I'm, I've been doing it for so long and do like I've done the hours where I'm like, you know, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to, okay, we'll try something yeah. else. You know, like it's not a big deal. I've played in front of two people before in a big venue. Like yeah. it happens and you can't let that, if that let that, if I let that stop me, I would have been done with music a long time sure. ago. Sure. I think that it's really important, you know, in any opportunity that you have to just like have really good energy for the people that are still there. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but also we do it for fun. Like uh, this, this whole thing that we're doing with the Vindies. Yes. It's, a, it's sort of a business now, but if I didn't like what we were doing anymore, if I didn't like the people in the band and this is like, like these guys behind me, they are my family. Like Absolutely. I don't just like hire them. Like this is not like one of those things, and I've seen that done before, and it's it gives a weird vibe on stage. You could see that, and I don't want that. I, I want people to have fun on stage, whether you're playing for no one or everyone. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. With you know you as a human being outside of music, music has been such a part of your life for the majority of your life. I mean, you mentioned you started playing when you were like 13, 14. So like, not only are you learning how to become a musician, but you're learning how to be a human being in the world all at the same time, right? Yeah. So now, you know, all of this time later, who is Jackie outside of being a musician? Mm -hmm. Do you find like you're able to like do other things or like have interests in other things? Do you find that you need to get away from it sometimes? Or you just like so focused that you're like, nah, fuck that. I'm you in know, it. 
no, I have to, I have to decompress. So I do the thing for people, especially it depends on the, um, you know, setting because when it's before a show or after a show or during like an intermission or whatever at a theater thing or whatever, I make it a point to make sure that I go out to the merch table and say hi to people um, because that's important to me Um, because I want people to feel like they're a part of what we're doing. Um, But that can take its toll because you're like, hi, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, thank you. Can I take a picture? You know, that kind of thing. And so you do the the happy face thing and not that I, I, that is what I want to do. However, talking to so many people sometimes can get to be a lot. So that's sure. like working for me. When we're we're doing our thing, we're working. And then afterwards, I'm drinking. <laughs> and, I, and, and I will hide away from the band for the rest of the week. Like there's no like, okay, I'm good. Like if we do a run, you know? Yeah. Do you have any but, like hobbies or personal interests outside of songwriting and performing? I love my herb garden. I love um, hiking. I love biking. Mill Creek Park is in Youngstown and that's our, our main jam over there. And there's a nice like bike trail right behind my house. Um, I love to cook. I'm a big foodie. Um, so I will have food, like have good food. I will travel for, I will go to all the way to Akron. I will go to that one restaurant in Pittsburgh that I just recently had a dinner at. It was a Thai restaurant. Which one was it? We opened up for Betty Smith at the, um, the arts fest river, three rivers. And there was a, like a Thai place, Nikki's. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. It was so, so freaking good. I, I will come back for that. I'll tell you this. Now, this is, you know, the the Thai food scene in Pittsburgh is unparalleled. I don't know why we have so much good Thai food. Nikki's is low tier <gasps> for some of the stuff that's here. You got to tell me what's, what, what I'm going today. <laughs> I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. So the there's, uh, there's two places in Bloomfield. There's uh, Thai Gourmet. And Thai cuisine, and they're constantly there's people that will go for either the either of them. They're like right next to each other. Oh my god! It's like ten minutes from here. Okay, well I'm gonna do that. You're more than welcome to. Okay, come. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're gonna we get could, Thai food. After we're gonna this. get Thai food. <laughs> I'm so excited. So now, in terms of Thai food, right? Um, <laughs> what is your engagement in terms of the spice level? If it's like a one mm. to 10 situation, what number, mm. what number is Jackie on the scale? I, I like, I like to taste my food. So Fair. if it's too hot and I can't taste the other elements of it, um, it just ruins the entire experience. Yeah. At that point you're just sweating and you're like, why am I, why did I do this to myself? And yeah. I'm going to be hurting for the next two days. So I'm definitely like a, a medium. I yeah. Say. Like to, to mild, medium to mild. Yeah. I think, I had an uh, an adolescent phase where I really wanted to be like, yeah, nine, ten, let's go. But yeah. now I'm very much like a six or seven. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I, I, again, I like. I would say five for me. Yeah, that's five. Totally fair. Yeah. You know. So. Do we want to pass any sort of judgment on the zeros or ones, or should just everybody be able to enjoy Thai food the way they want to? 
Do you feel um, like you're missing something if you don't get a little bit of spice in your eating Thai food? Potentially. Oh, yeah. So oh, you yeah. feel like you need something above like a zero or a one or a two. They have zeros? Oh, yeah. That's just not right. I used to live with- You don't like Thai food if you're getting a zero. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was the thing. Like I, um, I, an old roommate of mine was very like, like I need like a, like a one. And yeah. it was just like, all right, you're eating, this is, this is noodles. This is just <laughs> rice. Like, what are you doing? No, no, you got to have heat. Sometimes the medium's not hot enough, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's I like, get disappointed. I'm like, yeah, God, that's why I like, got I find, a six. That's a, the six is a safe number. I think you should safe. upgrade. Okay. All right. I think you should. Okay. Now, in terms of your food e adventures, right? Mm -hmm. Did you find that you were an adventurous eater when you were younger? Or like through the years, was there something that like helped you realize that like, oh, fuck, like, there's things other than like maybe the American food I grew up with, but also I don't know what your yeah. food situation was like at home. Your family could have been like, so my dad it up. is a food rep. That's right. You right. fucking already told me that. Yes. God and then damn it. my mom is Mexican. Okay. So she came from Mexico, um, you know, and met my dad. And so she just kills it, kills it, like has ruined Mexican food for me for literally everywhere else I go. Sure. Ruined it. Um, so I know when I have something that's good. Um, I, that's, I mean, I, when I say I'm a foodie, I mean, I, I will eat anything. I'll try anything. I mean, maybe not the weird like squid things that, you know, yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah. stuff. Like I, some of that stuff scares me just for like my stomach, but I would probably eat it. Yeah. If someone told me this is like the best thing ever. I think that, um, there's a lot of like strange seafood-esque things that is where my line is drawn. Yeah. I'm, I'm a really big, uh, I think, visual eater. If something doesn't look right, like, I, I, it's not going to taste right. And, I mean, I have issues with that for, like, a weird squid thing, but I also have issues with that with, like, a buffet. Like, if I go to a buffet, I'm, like, trying to make the nicest-looking plate possible, which is, like, defeating the whole purpose. I just have, like, these weird control sort of things. Um, but that's – we're getting way off topic we, we on that. We really are. But it's but really cool that – We might um, be hungry. <laughs> no, it's really cool that, like, you grew up in a situation where you were able to experience um, a lot of different cultures of food from a young age and different things of food, right? Yeah, so I so, I have that experience, but my sister still eats chicken tenders and chicken parm well, everywhere she goes. Was, so like, it's the same experience okay, so, that we had, but <laughs> she's the bread and butter noodles girl. I was going to ask like, because I, I wasn't aware that you had a sibling or anything, but I, I was thinking sisters. how funny it would be, you know, if you had the opposite experience where like, you know, I never had a chicken nugget until I was 14 or something like that. But I'm sure that wasn't the case. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, after, I mean, we grew up, I mean, with three girls, like running around a softball practice or dancing mm -hmm. lessons or whatever, it was always like, here's pop and here's Burger King. Like that's, I'm sorry. Like that's what you get. Cause we're running places, you know? So there was definitely that. I think I just grew into, you know, liking different things. Mm -hmm. um, and I and I, I love it now that we get to travel more with this band where I can I can do my little Yelp research. I am the Yelp 
master. Oh yeah. And I will pinpoint, I, I kill it every single time. I'm like, <laughs> I look at like the reviews. I'm like, this place is like too touristy that you can't go there, there, this and that. Like I will like spend, I mean, we're in the van. We're not doing anything. I'm, I'm yelping Yeah, for the best place to eat. Uh-huh. So we've had great barbecue spots. We've had great Mexican spots. We've had, yeah. So I, I, you know, save them all in my, um, my phone and we hit those spots on the road all yeah. the time. Same spot. <laughs> we don't go anywhere else. So are, do you find yourself to be then like a, a creature of habit? Like if you find something that you like, it's like, okay, I just want to go there. I just think the Already. tradition is nice. Oh, like, okay. Oh, remember that time that, we, at that place? Yeah. Like, let's go back there. Like that uh-huh. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to try new things too, but mm-hmm. it just depends on your mood. Yeah. I find, I, I find myself being very much a uh, creature of habit, but I guess we'll say traditionalist yeah. as well. You know, there's the things that I like and uh, as much as I enjoy finding new things and uh, exploring all that life has to offer, if I find something that I like, it just becomes like daily routine. Oh yeah. There used to be this uh, cafe right by me uh, down the street here called The Pear and the Pickle. And it was like my favorite place on planet earth. They had the best breakfast sandwiches in the world. It crushed. Um, but they ended up deciding to close like through all of the, I mean, I don't know exactly why they closed. I don't think the pandemic helped long story short. I recently finally found my new favorite breakfast sandwich at a place called Kyber. That's in Polish Hill. That's like maybe like 10 minutes from here. It's out of, it's way out of my way. Like I, I work in the north side on the complete opposite side of the river. I still go there every fucking morning. Like I go, really? like I drive out of my way. With gas prices. Yes. To go there because it is, everybody there's really nice. The food's really good. The coffee's great. And I find such a tremendous value in that. And I'm also yes. a traditionalist. So yes. that's the thing. It's like, I will go out of my way to support you and your business if you just got to be good. Like, just be nice. Be the, nice. Even if the food wasn't as good as it is, I'd probably still be going. But it is, like, legitimately the best. And, and that's kind of, like, how I feel about bands. Like, I honestly don't even care if your band is blowing my mind. Just be cool. Yeah. And a lot of the time, like, if you're nice people and you're in it for the right reasons and you keep playing, you'll probably get good eventually. Nobody starts good. It's so annoying when you, you know, go into a restaurant and, like, the service is, like, like they don't even acknowledge you or whatever. That's annoy- annoying. Yeah. There's it's annoying when bands are all like, you know, you know, stuffy too and they're that they have an air to them. Um so I totally understand that on every level, but that is why I'm telling you that Midwest bands are just like <laughs> the best bands ever. Because they're chill yeah. and they're cool. Yeah. Like I, you can totally tell when someone is a New York player or an LA player when they're in town. Like I just, you know, some, I mean, some of them that are in LA are from the Midwest and very nice, but yeah. I, I just tried and true. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I've always <laughs> had like really, really great experiences playing shows anywhere in Ohio, anywhere in Michigan, anywhere in Illinois, um, Indiana, uh, you know, Kentucky, whatever, like that whole, uh, always really, really great experiences, uh, really, really nice people. But with that being said, there is still kind of like that, like 
that stuffy thing with some people, especially in like, I play in a metal band and um, there's a lot of like that weird, like nose in the air. I don't want to interact with you, but I've found that it's like not so much that they think that they're like cool. It goes back to that weird introvert thing and people like don't want to make friends, but I am very much a, I will go out of my way to be nice to you and figure out, do you genuinely not like me or is it that you just don't like yourself and we have to teach you how to like love and appreciate the people around you, even if you are a big, tough, bearded, heavy metal boy. It's not just metal. I I get this. Oh, totally. Like, totally. I have had people come up to me and say, oh my God, I thought you were the biggest bitch. Like you (laughs) seemed like the biggest bitch at your shows and everything. And just talking to you now, I I know that's not the case. And I, you know, I love you. And people have said that like constantly. I've heard bad things, you know, like your demeanor or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it is like, I do have like an, like an ego on stage. You have to, you're in a fucking rock band. I do. It's this thing that comes out of me. I don't know. I look like I'm a bitch on stage, a bad bitch at it. It's good. Yeah. And it's, it's releasing for me for sure. But when I get off stage, I'm a, I'm a goofball. Yeah. I just, I, you know, like, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, it doesn't, it, it, it happens. And I understand that. And you're right. It takes, just the one person to come up to somebody and just be like, hi, yeah. hi, my name's Jackie. What's Hello. yours? Yeah. <laughs> Want to be friends? <laughs> I've gotten the intimidating thing so much, especially at shows. And I think it's because like, if I'm watching other bands play, it doesn't matter if it's my friend's bands or like a touring band. I'm always like really intently looking. I always kind of take it as like, I'm here having a good time, but I'm also in class. I want to learn from what everybody is doing. So I may not be like headbanging and I'm just kind of like, you know, yeah. just like looking very, but I'm just like zoned right. in. Like, you know, like you're trying watching to like, what he's doing on yeah, the guitar. Yeah, you're yeah, watching you wanna, the performance. You're yeah, watching. You, you're trying to like listen to these songs that you like maybe you've never heard before trying to understand where this band is coming from. I'm trying to understand like, why does this band look great on stage or why do they not look great? Part of that is like really separating the people that are on stage from the people that are in the crowd. Like, I think you need to look like we are a band Mm -hmm. and you are the audience, but that's like, I don't mean for that to be mean, but I think it's just like, I, do you know what I'm, do you am I I, push back? Yes and no. Push back. Yes and no. Please push back. I mean, I just, you got to be real too. Totally. Totally. Like and and some some peop, some bands can pull that off. They not mine. I my, everybody's real in my band. I mean, I sometimes will tell them, "All right, I'm wearing this black and white checker thing tonight. Can we can we try to wear wet black and white tonight?" And that actually worked out the one time that I asked them to do that. Um, but like I've got demographics. I mean, I have I have a, you know, 50-year-old and I have a 21-year-old in my band. You know, it's not like we are, we look like a package deal. We don't, you know, we're not like young kids doing the thing um, that have a showcase show that ebbs and flows perfectly. It's, we're not, we we don't do that. Yeah, it it can be too manufactured. And like, that's not like necessarily what I'm going for. I just think that it's like, Ultimately, I just you want, have like, to have a thing. 
yeah, I want the band to have the a thing. thing. And like, yes. there are like, totally agree with that. It's like, I've never been like with my metal band, like, hey, don't wear that or wear this or anything like that. But I, it, I have told them no shorts and flip flops. I was. I was literally just going to say, but luckily nobody in my band has ever showed up with flip-flops on. Evan, who I actually play in two bands with, I've never seen anybody that looks better in a pair of camo cargo shorts. It's just oh him. Oh, my God. Oh, It's wow. just undeniably him. Wow. I don't even think twice about it. I no. see him like, oh, it's fucking Evan. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's he, his he brand. Just, it just works. It works I for like him. Because I think there's a... Uh, an overall air of just like, this is who I am. Uh-huh. And I think yeah, yeah, too yeah. with like, well, just like, um, what's his, um, guitarist Angus Young. Oh yeah. You know, he's in shorts. Like that works for him. Yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. So I, it can work for it some can. people. You can pull it off. I could see that. Yeah. I think that maybe it goes into like a thing where sometimes, and maybe this is like a hired musician sort of thing that you had talked about earlier where like you could tell it like doesn't work and maybe people don't want to be on stage. Uh-huh. It's like I think sometimes if you have a band and there's obviously like the one person that doesn't really want to be in the band, they don't look like they belong there. They don't look like they're having a good time. That's the kind of stuff like overall that can irk me when I'm like looking at a band. I see that a lot with Nashville bands because they play in and out of each other's bands so much. So constantly like, you'll have this bass player this night and a different bass player. Like every night of the week in a different city, you'll have different players. And like the hired gun thing, while they're very, very talented and very good players, it just, it doesn't feel like, I don't know. It just feels weird uh, to me. I romanticize the idea of the band being a group of friends, like a tight knit thing that these people have worked on these songs together for a really long time. And, you know, granted, people come and go from bands, but everybody that's there, I want them to be there. Like, it is a unit, you know? That's why I really have a hard time seeing, like, um, like, oh, ex-classic rock singer uh, touring with hired guns, playing all of his hits from the 80s type of thing. It's like, I mean, maybe, like, if you don't really care that much about the band and you just want to go... See a performer. Yeah, you know, like I get it. But like for me, it's like really hard because it just doesn't feel as genuine. And that might not even be a fair thing for me to say. It's just how I feel. It just, it all depends. Because um, look at Queen going out with uh, the the American Idol singer. I can't remember. Adam Adam Lambert. There you go. Yeah. You know, that worked, you know. People went out for those shows. Totally. In droves. Yeah. So, and he's very talented and very good vocalist. I guess it comes down to intention, right? Like what was the intention? Yeah. What's the ultimate intention? And I think that if you have weird intentions or selfish intentions or intentions that are maybe ego driven in a way that isn't good for rock, because I do think all good rock and roll needs a little, a little sprinkle of ego, not like a level 10 spicy. You know, like a five or a six going back to that, right? <laughs> there is this band that I saw at Westside Bowl in Youngstown, which is my f- like favorite place. Oh, that's the best place. Nate's the best. Love it. I just love it. So I, Nate has got me hooked on those liquid deaths. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, he'll the do that to you. sparkling water. Oh, uh-huh. my gosh. Yeah. So good. He, um, Yeah, so I, I love that place. Um, much like, uh, I don't know if you, like, uh, Donnie Iris. Do you know Donnie Iris? Yeah. Okay. I mean, not personally, but I know who Donnie Iris yeah, is. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> he, um, we played at Jurgles last night 
and I was telling him about West Side Bowl. So maybe I'll get Donnie out there too. I love that. Yeah. Maybe I'll get Donnie to come check out my Jurgles, which is West Side Bowl. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there, you know, two times a week sometimes during the summer to check out bands. Um, where was I going with this? Well, we were talking about ego and rock and roll. And- oh, I wanted to ask, um, there's this band. I think they're from, they're from Pittsburgh. They're called um, Limousine Beach. Yeah. I saw them at West Side Bowl and I was like, whoa, amazing. They're really good. Do they have Holy like shit. a- shit. Holy fucking shit. That's how our conversation started. You're just remembering that now? Yeah. No, because this this is what happened. When we were in line for the bathroom, I think you were just, you asked if I lived in Youngstown. And I was like, no, I'm from Pittsburgh. And you were like, oh, I was just, I, you know, the band Limousine Beach. You know, I know some of those, I know some of them, like just from like the music scene and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think you're like, oh, do you play in a band? I play in a band. We're playing it. Like it all, that's how it all came together. It was Limousine Beach. Wonderful. We figured it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it only took us 45 minutes. <laughs> That's but yes, it. Yeah. yeah, they are from here. They're they're an awesome band. Oh my gosh. I Where do they play? Where does anybody play in Pittsburgh, to okay. be honest? So there is... Anymore. Because Club Cafe wasn't doing it for us. It's, I it, mean, is that, that Carson Street? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the South Side, you have Club Cafe... Um, they're doing shows at the Smiling Moose again. There's, um, and then the Rex Theater that closed and now reopened its Enclave. Enclave, yeah, Enclave, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's those three spots down there. There's also like some smaller bars. Like on the other end, there's Excuses. That's just like a stage on the corner in the back. Very like, just like DIY bar vibe. But they do like punk and metal shows there. Um, there's also... Where would the Vindies fit For, around uh, here? Well, you have like a, you know, a, a 25 piece band. So that's an issue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, uh, I would say uh, Mr. Smalls. Uh, we just played at Cativo last night. It's not the best, but it's also not the worst. That's in Lawrenceville. There's also Spirit in Lawrenceville. They have two venues that they have like the lodge, which is a downstairs and they have the hall upstairs. It's a much bigger room. I would say both of those spaces are pretty equal to Mr. Smalls and the fun house in terms of cap. Um, they're very different vibes. The spirit used to be a VFW and smalls used to be a church. So wow. they're, you know, they look very different, but they're both really cool spots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but like, is there like a, like a scene or is it kind of just a lot of different things going on? Totally. Totally. Like, we don't have a West Side Bowl. You don't have that. You know, yeah. the, the clo- like the closest thing to that would be that, I mean, I could be wrong about this. I haven't given a lot of thought, but my closest thing would probably be Spirit Lodge because uh, I haven't, so I was just there for a show on Friday and it was the first time I had been there in like three years because of life. Yeah. Um, but pre-pandemic in the downstairs area, which is like the smaller club, they would do a lot of free shows there. Like bands would be playing, but there wouldn't be a cover. So if you just wanted to go get a drink and get like a slice of pizza or whatever, because they got a little pizzeria in there and shit, like you could go hang out, get some drinks and watch some bands play, or maybe they have a DJ night or something like that. And people that lived in that area would just go to go. So it was kind of like a cool little community thing. There's also Polish Hill, which is where that my favorite breakfast spot is. There's a couple venues over there that are just like, 
divey punk spots. But yeah, I mean, everything I'm glad just, there's venues. There's at totally least. venues, but there's just isn't like a community space. There's right. also Black Forge. Um, there's you got yeah, you got so like there's a, there's a lot in the Roxy and there's a lot of places, but uh, you have some rock bands. There's some hip hop going on. There's a lot of hip hop in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Um, well, I would say a like, lot of tribute stuff. Probably. Oh yeah, there's a lot yeah, of tribute so bands. Kind of. A, I mean, there's a great. There's always been a great metal scene. Great punk, hardcore. To some people, that's all the same, but here it's definitely segregated. Um, great hip hop, really good indie rock bands, really good garage rock bands, really good. So you can't put your finger on one thing in Pittsburgh. You can't say this is the Pittsburgh sound. No, I mean, our biggest exports from Pittsburgh are like what? The fucking, like the Clarks, Wiz Khalifa, oh. Code Orange, you know. A so, lot of different stuff. Yeah, you know, so I mean, uh, it's pretty diverse but also like maybe that's a good thing yeah no i've noticed that all over though you know i've noticed like the way that people are growing up and listening to music anymore it's become a global community so you could have a you know not necessarily a rock band coming out of cleveland but a rapper or this and that so maybe that's a good thing i i always like the i romanticize <laughs> that's our word of the day I yeah think. I love um it. I romanticize the days when they said, oh, the Detroit sound, the Memphis sound. Oh, you yeah. Know? There's definitely no Pittsburgh sound. There's no sound. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I actually think going back to Wiz Khalifa, I thought he had like some sort of Pittsburgh sound gimmick. Yeah. I don't remember like back when he was starting out, I thought there was like, I can't remember. I was admittedly, that's not a part of a, I wasn't really tied into anything that Wiz Khalifa was doing. But um, yeah, there just really isn't. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, may, you know, it's maybe it's just, you know, more of a everyone's invited to this party, mm -hmm. you know? That's I, cool. Yeah, I think that a lot of, and maybe like you can relate with this being from Youngstown, which is basically like, you know, we're neighbors in a way where it's like not like glamorous to say that you're a Pittsburgh band. You know, a lot of times like, if I'm out of town, people were like, where are you from? Like, oh, like Pennsylvania, like Philly. No, Pittsburgh. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it's not like it's I don't know why, but uh, huh. yeah, but also, yeah, I mean, I, I like saying that I'm from Youngstown. I, I mean, my very name, the Vi the Vindies comes from our our newspaper, the Vindicator. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Um, and uh, no, I just. The reason I like it too is because there is this community in Youngstown that we are so supportive of any band that is coming up. And I I have singer songwriter nights down at, you know, Birdfish and Columbiana that I I like to try to make sure that we're all supporting I've, each other. Yeah, I've and, noticed like I've played in Youngstown. I've played it Westside Bowl. I've played at Cedars. I've played it wherever the fuck they do. Absolutely, what's the name of that place? Royal Oaks. Royal Oaks. Best uh, ribs ever. I've played at um, fucking Noble Creature. We played the the day that you were there. Um, and you know I've played there with different bands. Like I play in a couple of different bands, and I've seen just like the same people 
at the different venues. They're yes. just always at shows. Yeah. And I don't know these fucking people. I've never said two words to them. I just always see them. I see them so much that I recognize them. It is like fucking cheers in Youngstown. <laughs> and we all like if you're not if we're not playing a show, we're at somebody's show. Oh, Demos is playing tonight. Oh, Radio Lark's playing tonight. Oh, okay. Hello, Lena. Okay. We're going mm -hmm. to each other's shows. Like that is the support, the network that we have. And so I'm I'm proud that that has built up because for a long time Youngstown was there's was no freaking venues at the time of like 2012 2013 so we kind of forced it to happen by you know you know breaking open that 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 door to not doing tribute or cover band things anymore doing your own original music and 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 doing that um, for small gigs or whatever. And so now I'm seeing like the West Side Bowl is a newer venue now and supporting local mu music unbelievably. Um, we have Cedars uh, supporting local music uh, down on the West Side. We have, but um, the downtown I think still has, it needs a little bit of time, even with that beautiful brand new amphitheater down there that, that they're bringing people down. So they have a new double tree hotel down in Youngstown. They're renov they're, the construction's going on. So I, I think we're, I think we're five years, I want to say yeah. from seeing a Renaissance because there was the, um, the Tomorrowland was the club that a lot of big national bands would come and play. Okay. And, and it would be like, I don't know, three, 400, 500 person room. Yeah. Um, and there was the park in, I think, but that all went away and, you know, we had to, you know, out of nothing usually comes something. And that's, that's what that is right now. I would say in Youngstown, it's just like a really great support group of musicians and bands. Yeah. Pittsburgh's really similar in the sense that like our downtown there's no like venue that we don't have a music venue in like downtown proper. You know, there's obviously the stadiums are there and next to the stadiums, there's stage AE, which would be another good venue for you to play. We did. Um, women who rock. Do you remember they did a event okay. for McGee women's research Institute? Um, Sheila E was being awarded um, some award for her contributions to the, uh, Thing. And um, Orianthi was there um, and Rita Wilson, who's Tom Hanks' wife. And I didn't know she was a singer, but we opened <laughs> the night. <laughs> it was great. Cool. Um, and we were on the inside stage. Um, but that's that's a beautiful stage. The layout's great. Um, and, then, um, and then we'll be playing with them. We'll, it's uh, Southside Works. Yeah. We'll be playing down there in August. So I really haven't figured out Pittsburgh, what where our home is at all. So I'm open to any suggestions because yeah. I'd like to be coming here more often. Yeah, there's there's a, a band that I'm good friends with. They're really, really awesome. I would call them rock, but they kind of go from like hard rock to like funk and kind of jazzy stuff and all kinds of uh, different places. But they're called the Moat Rats. They just recently did a show at the, um, like a headlining thing at the Thunderbird, which is another good place that, that you would place. play. I, someone's telling me to go there. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. So that's another venue. Um, but I think that 
uh, you should try to link up with the Moat Rats. I think that would be awesome. They're another like bigger I'm all about ensemble band. Shows. I'll trade shows all day long. Yeah. Whenever I'm like going back through and editing this, I'll make a note. And I'm going to be like, I'll connect the dots Let's between do all it. of you. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I love the Pittsburgh area. It's beautiful. Um, the parking scares me. But um, I, I don't know if I'm going to get towed over here where I parked right now. You, you but, won't. You're fine. I mean, it is kind of sleepy over here, though. There's yeah. like, it's just reg residential, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of nice. That's the thing that I like the most about this particular neighborhood is that, you know, I'm five, 10 minutes from pretty much every little suburb in the city. I can get to all the venues super fucking close, but you're like also tucked away because there's tucked nothing away. up here but just right. houses. Right. Pittsburgh is like very strange, but we're on the north side of the city. And then you I've have- done a bike like trail over here throughout the city. Oh, that yeah. It was really fun. I, I couldn't tell you where it starts or ends, but it was just basically a big circle around the city, and that was really fun. Um, the Three Rivers Arts Festival, I always come down to that. Like, that's my favorite thing to... Um, but I was working that day. I was playing that day, so I wasn't able to walk around and do the, do the thing. You played the Arts Festival? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, we opened up for Betty Smith, um, okay. who's from Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and she, poor girl. Her, she's got, it's a, her and a backing band of guys. And um, they came in from Brooklyn to do this show. And uh, they got rained out so bad after we had played to a lot of people. Oh, and then fuck. they were rained out. And I felt so bad. I didn't even think that was going to happen, but I'm just so glad that didn't happen for us, I guess. Yeah. Everyone was out of there by like, I don't know, what, 10 o'clock? I, I guess so. I feel bad. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> so actually, it, so this is an, an interesting question. Maybe the, what we'll end our conversation on. Cool, because I'm hungry and I'm like very interested in Thai. <laughs> right well, now. We, did, we, just, we just hit our hour mark, which is usually where I try to go, but I do have one more thing that I'm curious to ask you okay. and it's band related okay. and it has to do with uh, finding opportunities, right? So you are a band, you're playing like a lot of like arts festivals and taking advantage of these opportunities that are a little bit like, like you got to do some work to kind of get into those situations. Right. So like, yeah, what we're not is getting like, paid. So, <laughs> so what is like the, the, the research and the time that goes into finding these opportunities. Because I think sometimes for bands, it's just like, well, if we can't get that bar gig, then I guess there's no shows to play. And it seems like you do more like cool stuff than like small gigs. So what is it like finding gigs for you? Like how much time and effort goes into a lot, that sort of stuff. It really, it takes a lot. Um, if we had a booking agent that was going to do it for us, you know, we've tried that before and, um, it's no one's better at selling your band like you are, you know, and a booking agent could be potentially having 40 other bands that they're working with. Um, I, for example, the West coast tour never played out there ever. Um, so what we did was we went through and, and saw, you know, asked people is the best thing I could tell bands ask this person might know someone that knows somebody that knows somebody that might know where you guys should play. 
which is why I'm asking you about Pittsburgh. Got it. Okay. So I asked a ton of friends of mine, where, where, what's the thing? And we just cold called them. You know, some people are not going to be into it, into your band. And they'll be like, eh, this isn't, you know, our thing. Like, sorry. And you just try the next one. So we have a showcase show happening in LA um, at the end of July. But then we don't have a following at all in like the San Diego Oceanside, that's south of LA market. So you can also do things like instead of cold calling a um, venue, you want to make sure there's people at your show. So we call bands and say, you know, in that area, you know, hashtag, look up hashtag San Diego bands and you'll find somebody that will fit your thing. And you say, and you look at their stats, look at, you know, comparatively, is this going to be a good fit for us? And we called uh, Shane Hall out in, he just opened up for uh, Mike Campbell and the, uh, I don't know who his band is now, but um, I mean, he's doing really well out there and he's going to have us opening up the night for him. So things like that happen. Um, San Francisco, um, we'll be in uh, at the brick and mortar doing our own show there. So we called a local band to say, hey, do you want to open up for us? You know? Yeah. And they're going to be opening up the night for us. It's a lot, I will tell you. And sometimes you get lucky. In Carson City, we're going to be out there um, uh, too. That's like the one of our last shows that we're going to do. There's a Levitt Theater Amphitheater uh, thing. And some of those community events where it's like a pavilion or an amphitheater, they kind of, they have a built-in crowd. Um, this one in particular sees about 15 to 2,000 people weekly at this event. doesn't matter who's playing or whatever. Um, they have vendors and stuff. They will be there. So that's a built-in crowd that I don't have to pull people to. I don't have to sell those tickets. Um, even though, you know, we're using a publicist to do a lot of that for us, do some newspapers and stuff like that and interviews. But, um, sometimes you just got to bite the, um, bite it on the back end on the front end to be able to play yeah, those places and then prove your worth. Say, you know, we want to come back, you know, can we come back? Can you pay us a little bit more this time? You know? That's the thing. It's it's exactly, I'm actually more excited because nobody has heard us out there. And I feel pressure when I'm in front of my own fan base to make the show better and better every okay. single time. Like a precedent has been set yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, so I get nervous more so playing hometown shows. It's like the the slow, the 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 small club scene is so exciting to me and to grind it out again. I'm just like, I'm so excited. So hell yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like that, that was a lot of information, but like, yeah, I mean, that's helpful for bands to know to do that. So for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know, the amount of power that you have in this little thing you can really, but people, yeah, people can, just got to use it correctly. Yeah, there's a really, there's a lot of really cool resources that you could take advantage of, and I think, yeah, like being 
unafraid to get outside of that bubble, being unafraid to talk to strangers and also being comfortable with the fact that some people are going to be like, nah, that doesn't always necessarily mean that your band isn't worth it. It's just, it's better. I'd rather you tell me no than tell me yes and put no effort into it. And then all of a sudden I'm wasting my time. Um, I always try to tell bands that contact me about playing a show and they have no followers, never been here before. They're from, you know, BFE. Uh, you know, I don't know th this band. They don't have any listenership or whatever. But I'll listen to their stuff and I go, you know, I know it. Like they'll cold call us and, and it doesn't make sense, like the fit. But I know and I will suggest to oh, yeah. th these bands who they should contact that is more up their level, same kind of genre, or it might be a good fit. Yeah. And I really always appreciate when people do that instead of just saying, no, I'm not into it. Sorry, bye. Like this person is contacting you and, and making an effort. Like that is important. And like, you need to support that. I like to support that. So I make sure to, you know, make, you know, the connections for, for people to, to be able to play together. Um, cause you, you never know what it turns into. I've seen bands come and go, um, over the years and I've seen bands grind it out and, you know, get to really cool levels where they're freaking signed now, you know, and that's all because of the, the way that, um, they rose up and, and, connected with other bands and connected with people. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's always important. Mm -hmm. So be a good person, be a good person. <laughs> um, well, with all of that being said, um, Thai food, Thai food. And, uh, please check out the Vindies. Uh, there will be any of the appropriate links in the episode description for this. But if you're, listening to this on like Spotify or something like that. There are no links in the description because it's Spotify. You might have to do a little bit of work, but thankfully the Vindies are on Spotify. So you could just go up to the search bar and type in V I N D Y S and it'll take you three seconds, three six seconds. button clicks. Do it. Do it. And enjoy some good rock. Thanks. Anything else you want to throw in there before we uh, go, um, go. I wish I had a Yinzer go. thing to say. Mm. But I don't downtown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go down and eat some. Uh, I'm like, I have no Yenzer accent. I can't even think of like the words. I, yeah, yeah. My, I, th I think that uh, it's my uh, trumpet player it does it all the time. Like, yeah, some really, people are really good at it. Really good. Not me. Not me. <laughs> all right. So, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you're super welcome. And uh, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs>